Tonight we are zoichet to begin learning of the Binyan Beis Hamikdash Sharish and Beishlema Melech in Perek Vav of Malachim Aleph. The Shir was started as a Schosi Lenish Masicheskel Shrag ben Avram Yehuda, it should also be a Schosi Lenish Masabichil Mechel ben Asher, and Chaim Eloza ben Shemshanarye, as well as a Schos for Fushlema, from Moshe ben Miriam, Yosem Nachman Chav, and Chaim Moshe Shua ben Malka. I do want to begin with a little bit of an introduction. First of all, there is a number of uh, different pshatim as to exactly how the structure looked. And although we do not know how the, if you took a picture uh, of the Beis HaMikdash, how it actually would look, but we do have some details of the layout and some artist reconstruction as well as different pshatim in the Mepharshim of how the Beis HaMikdash looked, I'm, try, I'm going to try to include as many of these pictures as possible to assist. The visual will really help a lot with understanding the Pesukim. For those of you listening to this on the podcast, please reach out to someone on the WhatsApp or in Shul to forward you the picture so you can have the visual as well. The other a- aspect of this is because it's going to get very technical, some of the psukim, in terms of the dimensions, I don't want to break up a shear in middle of a pasuk, so I apologize in advance if one or two of these shiurim go over the normal time length that we, that we try to keep to. <laughs> So there's a question that's asked, it's really asked when it comes to the uh, details of the Mishkan, but it's as appropriate here as well, which is, why does the Torah go into so much detail over the construction of the Mishkan? You have four, you have four parshios, Tzumatetzavev, Ayaka Pekude, that go into lengthy detail of the construction of the Mishkan. And we'll see here the intricate details given of the Binyan based on Migdash here in Paragvav. You have it again in Mesechtes Midois, where you have intricate details of Bayasheni. And in Sefer Yecheskel, you have similarly with regards to Bayit Shlishi. Why is there so much detail given to the construction and the dimensions of the, and the Kalim of the Beis HaMikdosh? So Rabbeinu B'chayim says very simply, and this is Rabbeinu B'chayim in Parshas V'yakel, he says that even though the Beis HaMikdosh was destroyed, but learning about the Kalim and learning about the structure brings tremendous chus to a person. There's a beautiful Kliyakar who says that there's an important lesson for us to learn. By learning about the Beis HaMikdash and learning about all the details of the Beis HaMikdash, the Pesukim want to stress the importance of Vishachanti B'Saycham, of making a place, of having a place for the Shekhinah to reside amongst Kla Yisrael. And when we learn about the Beis HaMikdash, in its glory days, in its magnificence, it's supposed to evoke in us a feeling of we're missing something. Yes, we try to bring the Shekhinah into our homes and into our shuls, into our Mikdash Ma'at, but the real essence and the real intent of having a Beis HaMikdash on Har Maria, where we go, where we go and we serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the Shekhinah is Nigla, that's missing. And so the lengthy discussion of the various details of the Mishkan and of the Bate Mikdash is, is to invoke in us that we should feel we're missing something and we should feel and we should long for the coming of Mashiach, where once again we can serve Hashem in a Beis HaMikdash. And finally, there's a beautiful idea brought by the Medrash. The Medrash in Tehillim tells us that we see from Davra Melech that whenever a Jew yearns for something and gives of himself for a mitzvah, it will be rewarded even if ultimately he doesn't succeed. We learn that from the Binyan Beis HaMikdash and how much David yearned to be able to build it, never sleeping more than the absolute minimum. Why? because the Aaron of Hashem was not in its place. There's, the Medrash adds that David said that he was happy when he heard people ask, 
when will this old man die so that his son Shlomo can build the Beis HaMikdash? David was ready to give his life in order that the Beis HaMikdash should be built sooner. He wanted that Hashem should have a resting place. When David was informed that he would not build the Beis HaMikdash, David mitzvah, David's mitzvah at that point became preparing all the materials for the construction, digging out the foundation, and compiling as much as he could, doing as much, putting as much effort into it as he could, short of building the actual structure. And says the Medrish that as a reward for all of the effort and all of the yearning that David did, in the end, the Beis HaMikdash was named after him. As we say, Mizma Shir Chanukah Sabayis, Ledavid. Not Lishlaimai, but Ledavid. It was named after David, even though he didn't build it, because of the tremendous Cheshek that David had. And this, from the Medrish, is again a tremendous lesson to us to have a cheshek for the Beis Hamikdash, to want to feel that we're not happy the way the world is now and that we're missing something. And we hope once again to be zaychet, to see the glory of the Beis Hamikdash, where we will once again serve Hashem there. So let's begin Pasuk Aleph. It was in the 480th year, of Klai Yisrael, after Klai Yisrael left Mitzrayim, in the fourth year, in the month of Ziv, which was the original name for Iyar, the months were changed when they came back from Bavel. So Iyar was the Babylonian name, but originally Iyar, the second month, was called Ziv. Was also the second month for Shlomo Melech reigning over Klai Yisrael. The Gemara in Rosh Hashanah brings this as a raya that you count the years of a king based on Nisan because here it's Achodesh Hashani for Shlomo, which was also Iyar. So you see that you start counting for Melachim. The year begins at Nisan. He built the Beis Hamikdash for Hashem. The Grud does an excellent job of laying out the calculation of the 440, uh, 480 years. Um, there's a lengthy uh, part where the Grud goes through each of the Shoftim and how many years their reign took up. But at the end, he sums it up, and that's the Cheshben I'll give you now, which is that you have 40 years in the Midbar, 14 years that Yeshua conquered Eretz Yisrael and divided it up, 369 years that the Mishkan was in Shiloh, and 57 years that the Mishkan was in Naiv and Givain. So that makes up the total of the 480 years. In the Hebrew calendar, Yitzhak Mitzrayim happens in the year 2448. If you go back to the beginning of Sefer Shmuel, one of the very first Urim, I gave an introduction, and I walked you through how to get a timeline of Jewish history. I'm not going to repeat that here. You can go back and find it in the podcast. But basically, the... Uh, Klai Yisrael left, uh, left Mitzrayim in 2448, and now, 480 years later, is the year 2928. The Abarbanel says, fascinatingly, that just like there were 480 years from when, uh, from when Moshe started the construction of the Mishkan until the construction of the Beis HaMikdash, there were another 480 years from when Shlomo completed the Beis HaMikdash until, uh, uh, until the second Beis HaMikdash was built. That's 410 years plus 70 years in, in, um, in Bavel. So clearly, he says, there was some divine plan uh, that, uh, that behind using this time frame of 480 years. The Me'am says that just as the first base of Mikdash did not reach the level of the Madrega of the Mishkan, so too the Bayesheni did not reach the Madrega of the first base of Mikdash. The Marikara says that the reason why Shloyma chose to begin the work right after the rainy season ended in, in the springtime is because the mortar would dry quicker from the sun. Ziv is 
from a lashon of uh, brilliant or splendor, and that's why um, uh, th- th- that's why the the name uh, in this time of the year is when the trees begin to blossom from the light of the sun. It would also help with the construction of the actual uh, structure.